This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Okay, uh, welcome back. We are now switching gears to talk about a very important development uh, in um, preventive health. A new shingles vaccine is about to become available in Canada. It's called Shingrix, and it's shown to be more than 90% effective at preventing the debilitating nerve pain of shingles in people over 50. And that is compared to just over 50% effectiveness for Zostavax, which is the vaccine that is currently on the market. Now, effectiveness actually varies with your age. It goes down a little bit as you get older. So uh, the question is, uh, should you get this? What kind of side effects does it have? Uh, and how does that translate into real life that, that it appears to be that much more effective than, than what's currently on the market? I am here with Dr. Arvis Gorfinkel, who is a family physician and founder and principal investigator of Prime Health Clinical Research, and Andre Picard, who is a health reporter and award-winning columnist at The Globe and Mail. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Well, um, on the surface, this just seems to be way better than what we currently have. Without any doubt. You know, we're, we're taking a, an existing vaccination, which is now provided to individuals 65 to 70 by the Ontario Health Insurance Plan. And instead of having this, we're going to have Shingrix. And Shingrix is 97% effective in the vast majority of individuals who receive it. That's a game changer. That's going to get rid of what's a common disease and turn it into a rare event. Andre? Yeah, so we had a vaccine that was great when it came along, you know, because there was nothing for shingles before, and now we have one that's better. So that's how science is supposed to work. It's supposed to improve. So this is a, it is a, a real benefit for, for patients, especially that this is such a horrible condition for people. Well, it really, it really is a horrible condition. I mean, people out there, you do not want to get shingles. It's really painful. For some people, they can be out for months. Um, it, it's very ironic. Um, there was a, an internet panel this morning hosted by Marissa Simku, and she said her mother woke up this morning with shingles. It's so unfortunate. I mean, the, the, the likelihood of getting post-herpetic neuralgia, which refers specifically to the long, to the chronic pain syndrome that can occur, is approximately 13%. It's not 100%, but it is safe to say that 100% of individuals do have debilitating pain during the episode. The likelihood of going on to develop post-herpetic neuralgia is, is variable, and it depends on a person's age. It depends on a person's gender, so it's more common as we get older. It's also much more common in women than it is in men, and it's more common in individuals who have immunosuppression. So, again, I'm not even exactly sure what that is. Uh, immunosuppression? So, uh, so you're, uh, is that where some people after shingles have... A permanent pain condition? Right. So what happens when the chickenpox virus reactivates and it travels down the nerve, it damages the nerve. 
And the nerve after that sends an inappropriate signal to the brain, a pain signal. And that pain signal can go on for many, many years. And that is what it's called post-herpetic neuralgia. So the rash one sees with shingles, it's actually analogous to just the very top of a flower. That's all you're seeing, the very top and what's happening underneath it in terms of the plant, the root structure. That's all the nerve damage. So there's a lot more going on outside of just the rash that's visible from the outside. Okay. Um, a couple of things that people have brought up about this. Uh, first of all, there, there's an issue that the current Zostavax, it's one shot. This is two shots. Uh, is that an issue because, because of compliance, because people don't go back for the second shot, or why is that an issue? Well, it's just a pain, right? People don't like getting needles. That's the big one. It's not a, but doesn't compare in any way to the pain of shingles. So I think it's worth that uh, extra little pain. Uh, there's going to be a cost. You're going to have to pay twice for vaccination rather than once. Uh, so they're, they're minor things. So, I, yeah, it's a little more of a bother, but uh, not much more than that. Um, I, the, the research on this has shown minimal side effects. I mean, there's minor redness and soreness at the injection site. As we get older, there's a small possibility of having some muscle aches and fatigue, but that's a small possibility. And if you compare the risks of the vaccination to the tremendous benefit, it is highly, highly favorable for getting the vaccination. I, I, I'm... I had um, actually if, um, someone looking at this uh, said that that the side effects, the possible side effects were actually worse than with the current vaccine. The side right? effects for both are minor and can't be compared to the disease itself. It's a game changer. Shingrix will almost eliminate the likelihood of getting um, shingles altogether. So that's a big Thing. I think the biggest question that we're facing now is how long will that last? We really don't know how long the immunity lasts. And we ourselves are participating in a longer-term trial that will take the data six years out after patients were vaccinated. And this is in addition to the four years that they were followed for. So we'll have, all told, close to 12 years, four plus a couple-year gap plus another six years. So we'll have a, a pretty long, long uh, data set to look at. And um, how long does the current vaccine last? We know that it goes down in terms of its immunity significantly. So that if it, in part, that, that depends on when you get the vaccination. So if we look at its maximal efficacy, so when a person gets it and in their, when they're in their 50s, we're looking at about 65% efficacy. But by the time a decade goes by, it drops to close to 20%. So it drops precipitously over time. So the, that's one of the issues that we face with the current Zostavax. The immunity is not long lasting. And that's the, as Andre put it, the multi-billion dollar <laughs> question, how long will the Shingrix last? We actually do not know at this point. And there is ongoing research to help us better understand and elucidate it. Okay. Uh, let's take a call from, <clears throat> excuse me, Mary in Toronto. Hi, Mary. Hi. I wouldn't do this, but some people might be tempted to do this. What if one had the Zostavax vaccine and took the new one on top of it? Yeah, so the uh, the U.S. regulator uh, has actually suggested that, has recommended that you should get revaccinated with really? the new vaccine. Uh, yes. what, what would be the time interval between the two? Well, as was just mentioned, the, the initial vaccine, Zostavax, fades after a few years. So depending on your age... Probably if you had it, you know, five years ago, you're, you're ripe for revaccination. 
and then you would have the new one. Yes. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, that's a quick question, uh, easily answered. Thank you for your call, Mary. Uh, just giving out uh, the numbers again, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. I'm here with Andre Picard and with Dr. Iris Gorfinkel. We're talking about the new shingles vaccine, which is coming on the market in January, much more effective than the old one. The old one is Zostavax. The new one is Shingrix. Um, let's talk about the cost of it. We don't exactly know what it's going to cost, but it, it's not going to be cheap. The current one, if you're not covered, costs about $200. Yeah, and the new one will certainly cost more, 30%, 40% more. We don't know exactly. It hasn't been priced because it's not on the, available yet until January. But it, it will be expensive. And uh, as you know, the, uh, there's a public program now, now that covers just a very limited age range, 65 to 70, and it only covers Zostavax. We don't know yet if the government will uh, cover the new vaccine as well. Likely they will, but we don't know how quickly that will happen. Uh, right. Um, sometimes they move quickly on those things and sometimes not. Yeah, this is a very costly vaccination. If you're looking at two doses given two months apart, you know, so I, I anticipate that compliance will not be a major issue. I think most people, once they get the first vaccination, will be very, you know, anxious to get the second one and get it get it done with. But in terms of the government coverage, that that's a big question. Who are they going to cover? To what degree? Like, you know, so we, we, we really don't know. Okay, let's take a call from John here in Toronto. Hi, John. Hi, guys. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, I had uh, ocular shingles about seven years ago. And uh, luckily, there was no uh, ocular damage or brain damage. But I, was one, I still have some lingering pain. Um, and I was wondering, should I get the shot or... Do um, not at this stage. Like, is that something I should worry about, or should I just let it go? You should most definitely get the vaccination. Um, the lifetime likelihood of someone getting um, shingles a second time is twenty percent. That's one out of five, and that's very high likelihood. So as we get older, our risk actually increases as well. So there's, there's a couple of good reasons. You also had life-altering disease. So I would, I would suggest, yes, you should get the new Shingrix when it becomes available. But, of course, you should talk to your family physician about the pros and cons and about your particular medical situation. Okay, that's great. Thank you very much. Of course. Okay. You're welcome. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're welcome. Uh, I'm looking up uh, the numbers, uh, and this says shingles, 97% effective for people between the ages of 50 and 69, 91% effective for people 70 or older. Um, so uh, I think that number shows that it does become less effective yeah, those, as you get Yeah, those out. numbers are game-changing numbers. I mean, if you, if you think that 9 out of 10 cases are going to be prevented, that's, that's tremendous. That's tremendous. It's taking what's a common disease and turning it into an uncommon event. So the, the, the percentage, the, the, just the sheer amount of suffering that that stands to prevent is very exciting. And for me as a researcher... It's, it's tremendous to be involved in it. I feel very fortunate. 
And I'll tell you the statistic that I think matters. It's that once you're over 80, you have about a one in two chance of having shingles. Oy. It's a horrible thing. And, imagine, and it's much more horrible when you're older. You have other health conditions to boot. So if you can reduce this, you know, dramatically from 50% to almost nothing, that's a, that, that is a game changer. Okay, we have to take a short break. I'm going to give the numbers out again before we go. We're talking about the new shingles vaccine, which is going to come on the market in January. January, people, is just a few weeks from now. (laughs) I'm not sure why they haven't told us how much it's going to cost yet. That's my question. Uh, But I'm here with a couple of experts. And uh, if you have questions about it, the numbers to call 416 Three six zero zero seven forty toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty and we'll be right back. Fight back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Okay, we're back. We're talking about the new shingles vaccine that is about to come on the market. It's called Shingrix, and it is way more effective than the one that we currently have access to. That's called Zostavax. It's a little over 50% effective. And this one is like way over 90% effective, depending on your age. Let us go to Sharon in Ridgeway. Hi, Sharon. Hi, Lily. Thanks for taking my call. Um, My husband and I have both had shingles. I've had them uh, again, since I had the shingle shot in January. But the reason I'm calling is I'm wondering what uh, your guest's uh, um, opinion is. My husband had it very seriously in his eye, and it has affected his eye. He can't see. He takes vi- can't see very well. He takes viroptic and Alrex. And uh, we have asked several doctors if he should have the shingle shot, but we're afraid that it will activate the virus, which is still in his eye. That's actually correct. Most people don't realize that if you've had zost, if you've had shingles in the fifth cranial nerve, the, involving the eye, that's actually a contraindication to getting Zostavax. and it's it's not well known. So I congratulate his doctors on on telling him no, you should not get it. Mm-hmm. However, the new Shingrix, there's not a large data set looking at the safety and efficacy of that vaccination in individuals like him. And in fact, when we did the trial, patients who had shingles in the past were specifically excluded from participation. Likewise, mind you, Zostavax was brand new at the time. Mm-hmm. But anybody who'd received the Zostavax was also excluded from participation in this research trial. And that's because we wouldn't know what what effect was coming from where, right? So if our goal is to determine how safe and effective the new vaccination is, we did not want to include anybody who had previous disease and therefore some level of immunity against it. Uh So that said, there doesn't, at least on a theoretical basis, there wouldn't seem to be a contraindication to providing that to him. But because, you know, people's medical histories are highly variable, he should speak to his own family physician about that and get a consensus. You know, it's, it's new, and probably his doctor will not be recommending anything that's strongly evidence-based, but rather just the best we can do, which is often how medicine is anyway. What is the best guess? What is the best, you know, predictor you can give? Okay, let me, let me just jump in here because I would like some clarification. So if you've had shingles in your eye, maybe not. But if you've had shingles elsewhere, then go ahead and get the vaccination. Is that your recommendation? No. If you've had shingles in your eye, 
It's a contraindication to getting the old vaccination, Zostavax. The new vaccination we lack the data on for Shingrix. At least theoretically, there's no reason why it would not be reasonable to give. On a theoretical basis, I cannot see why that would be a problem. But that's not exactly how modern medicine works. We need large data sets. The vaccination is in its infancy. And as time goes on, we'll have better and better information on which to base truly informed decisions. But Shingrix is recommended if you've had shingles elsewhere. Absolutely, because the lifetime risk of getting shingles a second time is 20%. One out of five will go on to get shingles a second time. It is not a rare event. So yes, you should be vaccinated again. And at what interval? Again, there's not a clearly defined number. Most doctors are giving it. My I personally give it after three years because there is some immunity from having had the disease. Um, So I like to vaccinate at year three. However, there are doctors who will give it one year after. There are doctors who may wait five years. You know, that's my best guess. Yeah, I've heard both. You know, uh, at first we heard, I heard it was five years. And then just last year, I somebody told me it was just one year. So I have had the the uh, Zostrix, but my husband is, a, we don't know what to do. But anyway, I thank you very much. Okay. And I enjoy the program. Okay. Thank week. you very much, Sharon. Sounds like you're on top of it. Let's go to John in Whitby. Hi, John. Hi, it's Libby. Uh, just a quick, quick, quick question. Uh, will this vaccine be available to people over 70? The vaccination will be available to the public who is willing to pay for the vaccination either through insurance or if you have, you know, if you're willing to pay out of pocket. Currently, the Ontario Health Insurance Plan has not made any public statement about what they plan on doing. They're in a real fix. They're in a real bind because on the one hand, they already have the mechanism in place, and that is a very big mechanism to get the Zostavax, the older product, into doctors' offices, and doctors know that it's funded between the ages 65 and 70. But what does the government do when suddenly there's a new vaccination on the horizon that reduces it by 97%, far more efficacious? And all of the main bodies that determine what doctors do are saying, almost screaming, give this vaccination as a first choice. So there's a lot of pressure on them. There's a lot of pressure on them to get it covered. But so far, they haven't yet issued a statement. Okay. Thanks, John. Okay, thank you. Uh, I'm just curious, Andre, do you know if they're even looking at it? Because they have a a process. Very interesting was that when the high-dose flu vaccine came out, they seemed to have approved that very quickly. Uh, CARP was involved with advocating for that. But do you know, are they looking at this? Yeah, they're certainly looking at it, but we just don't, we don't know what the ruling will be yet. We, that one of the complications is they have a contract for Zostavax. So oh. do they break the contract? Uh, you know, when there's only one product on the market, it was an easy program to run. Now that there's a newer one that's better, I, I'm not sure exactly. I, I think it'll change, but we just don't know how quickly. We don't know if the, the, the key question is, will they expand the age group? Now it's 65 to 70. Will they move that to 75? We, we don't know. Yeah, I've, I've heard from a lot of people who are over 70 who are really annoyed by that. But you know what's interesting yeah. is that I think there's a real possibility of them being able to act decisively and quickly. If you look at what happened, for example, with the Gardasil vaccination, we've got examples of the public health system moving on things really rapidly. So I think that could happen with this vaccination. But at this point, it's conjectural. Okay, Rick in Mississauga, you're on the air. Hello? 
Rick? Who? Yes, yeah. you're on the air. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know if my question has been answered all yet, ready or not. Uh, my wife and I both had the vaccine three or four years ago. Uh, should we be getting a booster shot? or? My personal opinion would be you may as well wait. I mean, Shingrix is going to be available next month. So it's hard to justify giving a vaccination with less efficacy. So I'm not sure of your age, but depending on your age, the best efficacy you're going to have is around 65%, and that's if you're in your 50s. If you're older oh, than I... that, you're looking at a much lower efficacy. So this is 97%. It's going to probably eliminate the disease for you. Game changer. So why would we you know, vaccinate now when you could get it in a month from now? Yeah, Rick, I th we're talking about a new vaccine. It's different from what you had three years ago. Okay, so, yeah, I'm 72, so... Oh. Okay, so it's called Shingrix. It'll be on the market in January. Let's uh, hear from Kirsch in Scarborough. Hello, Kirsch. Oh, hi. My question is, I had uh, uh, this vaccine, the old one, this year on 66, and uh, the next year, the new one, is it too close to get a new one after taking it this year? Hmm. Don't know. It's hard to say. I, I'm... If you want to do, to do things absolutely optimally, I would think it's worth to get the new vaccination. Having said that, the trial set that we have excluded patients who'd had previous vaccination. But the safety is so much there that it'd be hard to justify why you wouldn't give it. You may want to wait a year or two. Talk to your doctor about the pros and cons. Again, you're in this wonderful world of gray that medicine is so good at giving people. Well, we're not sure. We're not 100%. You could do it this way. You could do it that way. So ultimately, it'll be between you and your doctor to decide based on the cost, based on, you know, the efficacy that you have at this age, based on your other, you know, diseases, if you have other problems, based on your other medications. So I know that's a long answer, but I hope well, that's no, helpful okay. to you. Oh, Okay. Thanks, Kirsch. Uh, Mary, we have time for one more very quick question, please. Yes, you may have answered this already, but I'm just wondering, if you've never had chicken pox, um, is it likely that you'll get shingles or you won't ever get them? Because 95% of the population has had chicken pox. Even those who don't believe they've had it have had it. So the, the current thing is this, is that the standard of care would be to vaccinate against shingles, even if you haven't had chicken pox. If your doctor and you have decided, you know what, I've decided I've got to get the blood test, I want to see if I had chicken pox. Actually, there is a blood test that will tell you that. Funny, but the standard of care then changes. Then you're supposed to get the vaccination against chicken pox first. So that's kind of a confusing answer, but that's actually the answer. Okay, uh, we are uh, running out of time. Uh, anything you'd like to leave us with quickly, Andre? No, yeah, stay tuned. Uh, the government is going to have some tough decisions to make, but there is an election coming up, so it looks good for consumers. Okay. and <laughs> Well put, Andre. Yes, anything you I, want I to say? I Ten seconds. I completely agree. That, that, that election may be a game changer. But the Shingrix is a game changer. Keep in mind, if you do develop shingles, the key is to see your doctor within 72 hours of the onset of the rash to ensure that you get the antivirals on board. So for now, most of us are not vaccinated, which is fine. And if you're not, make sure you see your doctor if you suspect shingles, a painful blistering rash, and a single one-sided nerve root. Okay, that is all the time we have for Fight Back for today. Thanks so much, Andre Picard and Dr. 
Iris Gorfinkel. Uh, I'm Libby Zneimer. Jane Brown will be in the chair tomorrow, and we now break for traffic and news. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.